This is episode 19 of the A Free Spirit Life podcast. It's Shannon, holistic life and spiritual coach and host of this podcast, and I am so happy to be with you today, bringing you another great episode. This is a solo show. In today's show, we're going to talk about what it means to live freely. It's the week of the 4th of July, if you live in the United States, and we are getting ready to celebrate the independence of our country, to celebrate freedom. What does that mean? What does it mean to live freely? I explore that question all the time in the work that I do and the people I work with and in my own self-discovery journey because it seems that as much as we want to live freely, most of us, including myself, a lot of the times feel trapped feel like we're living in a prison, right? Feel like we are consumed by too much. We're overwhelmed by the obligations, the responsibilities, everything going on in our life. And it seems like we have everything but freedom, right? And so I want this show to inspire all of us that there is a way to live more freely. And I'm going to share with you five essential tips to living freely so that you can feel less distracted, and more connected, ultimately so that you can feel a little breath, a little space, a little more freedom in your day-to-day life. Because the last thing we want to do is go through years and years and years of feeling trapped, of feeling like we don't have choices. And so today, let's jump into that conversation. And before I go right into it, I do have to share a quick story. Yesterday, I spent the entire day at the emergency vet hospital uh, after my 40-pound dog uh, discovered two big dark chocolate bars in my purse and decided to devour them both. And I had put them in my purse because I had just gone to the grocery store and I didn't want to leave them melting in the car. But I had forgotten when I got home. She sniffed them out. She ate them in like two minutes time. And of course, I called the vet and they were like, you got to get her in right now. And after even just 20 minutes, they were starting to see some symptoms because I guess the darker the chocolate, the more poisonous it is for for, for dogs. So um, I'm laughing about it now, but it was kind of um, traumatizing. It was two days after. this. She's a golden doodle, and she's super shaggy, and we were having trouble with mats, and she had to get shaved. And so all of us were like even just traumatized by seeing our dog. I mean, she looks like a completely different dog, and she's acting different, and she doesn't like not having her hair. And it's just – it was it, unfortunate. And then two days later, she's in the hospital and she would not throw it up. So they had to actually put her under and pump her stomach. And I had to sign like papers if I wanted her to have CPR. I mean, it was just kind of an ordeal. And it also was a reminder. I mean, I was seeing all these people. I was there for hours and I saw people come and go with their hurt animals or their old animals, some left without them crying. I mean, it was was kind of a heart-wrenching day. Um, 
And so I'm just sharing that with you because I like to share what I'm going through as I'm going through it. She's fine. We had to watch her over the night, and she seems back to normal. She keeps trying to get in the trash, so I think she's back to normal. And she has really good taste in dark chocolate, by the way. Uh, So that was my day. And, you know, I was laying in bed yesterday just kind of starting to swirl a little bit. You know how that happens when you're going to bed and you feel a little overwhelmed and my whole day was thrown off and I started thinking about like, oh my God, it's so overwhelming to make sure she's getting her walks daily, make sure she's getting brushed, make sure the kids are getting what they need, make sure that I'm getting what I need. I mean, it's just, you know, that starts to happen when we feel overwhelmed and we let our thoughts send us into a swirl, right? And... I started thinking about how we're celebrating this holiday that is supposed to symbolize freedom, and yet how often we feel so trapped in our day-to-day life, and how can we find a little more freedom? And I read somewhere, and I can't remember where it was, but they were talking about how when you see a bird flying in the sky, how that, you know, is a symbol of freedom and it looks like they're so free and they are they're up there they're soaring they're flying they have this big blue sky but they still have in the periphery they still are looking for predators they're still a little bit on guard so that they don't get eaten (laughs) right and I really like that concept because so often I think we're striving for this grass is greener on the other side, this this perfect life that we think we're going to get someday. And when we, we aren't there, we're unhappy. And yet maybe what we could do is rethink our idea of even what happiness is, of what freedom is. If you can feel free to be who you are in this world, if you can feel free to dream and explore and make mistakes and fall down and get back up. But if you can feel a sense of freedom that you have choice in your life, then you can understand that your freedom starts now. You can live freely even in all the daily obligations, the daily responsibilities, even in the overwhelm. Because you can find where you can soar, where you can flap your wings, where you can express yourself, where there are choices, where there is blue sky, you can find that and still work towards financial security, still um, eat better, still take little steps towards your personal goals, still keep yourself grounded, keep yourself on the ground while you're flying. And that really is what this is all about. So for me, living freely is about knowing that you have choices in your life. We were talking about this topic in my Live Freely Circle, which is my monthly support group online. You can check that out if you want to know more. One of the freelies we call ourselves, she said living freely to me means making choices about how I want to live without fear of judgment, being open expansive, creative, and joyful. And another freely shared, my answer is to enjoy every moment, minimize the responsibilities, and to live life to the fullest. 
I love both of these responses and the two words that stand out from each of them, minimize the responsibility and making choices without the fear of judgment. And that to me is what living freely is, is about making better choices, learning how to discern, how to discern between what we should do, what we shouldn't do, how to say no to things that are taking up our energy, taking up space in our life so that we can be more intentional, so that we can be more mindful. Because when we minimize all the clutter, when we make better choices, that is what being mindful is all about. It's about being in the here and now, staying curious, staying open, staying kind, and making choices that are in line with how you want to live, not how you think you should live or what you think others expect of you. And that takes practice. And we're going to talk about how to practice that. I am reading an absolutely fabulous book right now. This one is called, I've got it right here, uh, Essentialism, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less by Greg McCowan. The first quote in this book says, the wisdom of life consists in the elimination of non-essential by Lin Yutang. I love this book so much because it speaks the language I have been sharing with you all for years. And let me read to you this page. He says, what if businesses eliminated meaningless meetings and replaced them with space for people to think and work on their important projects? What if society stopped telling us to buy more stuff and instead allowed us to create more space to breathe and think? What if society encouraged us to reject what has been accurately described as doing things we detest, to buy things we don't need, with money we don't have, to impress people we don't like? What if we stopped being oversold the value of having more and being undersold the value of having less? What if we stopped celebrating being busy as a measurement of importance? What if instead we celebrated how much time we had spent listening, pondering, meditating, and enjoying time with the most important people in our lives? What if the whole world shifted from the undisciplined pursuit of more to the disciplined pursuit of less, only better? I have a vision of people everywhere having the courage to live a life true to themselves instead of the life others expect of them. Well, Greg, you and I have the same vision. Do you hear those words? Do they speak to you? They certainly speak to me, and it is my life's work. It is what I am so passionate about. Because like I said in my last show, we are stuck in a circle, a cycle, that we do too much, And we feel like we're not enough. We're in the too much, not enough cycle. And so when we overbuy, when we overcommit, when we overconsume, it leaves us feeling empty. It leaves us feeling stuck. It leaves us feeling trapped. It leaves us feeling in a state of overwhelm and stress because we never feel like we're doing enough. And so we do more and we do more and we buy more and we overcommit and we say yes. Yes. 
until we can't breathe. And there is no freedom in that. And so that's what we're going to talk about today is my five essential tips to living freely so that you can feel less distracted, so that you can feel more connected, and so that you can ultimately feel the freedom that you're looking for so that you can live the life that you want to live, that you want to live, not what others expect of you, not, not what you think you should do, but the one that's filled with joy, with peace, with contentment. First essential tip to living freely, get quiet. Over and over, I say it again and again, and he says it in his book, find space to be alone with your thoughts with your dreams. We, when we're in this too much, not enough, we are not allowing ourselves the space to dream, to meditate, to be still, to play, to relax, to think a new thought, to dream a new dream. What we do is we obsess and we think we're thinking something new, but we're actually repeating the same problems, the same thoughts over and over and over. So get quiet. Make space for your thoughts. Make, make space for your dreams. Make space to relax, to play, and to breathe. Tip number two, journal. I've been journaling since I was 12 years old, and I'm not <laughs> close to 12 anymore. I've been journaling for years. I've stacks and stacks and stacks of journals. I use it in every course. I use it with my coaching clients. Journaling helps take our swirling thoughts, you know, those ones that keep us up at night, and give them a place to go. Journaling helps us spill onto paper. It takes it out of our head. And when we see it on paper, we start to see connections. You know, we are forgetful people, (laughs) people in general. We are all forgetful and we need constant reminders. And what's so powerful about journaling is when you get your thoughts on paper, You start to remember them. You look at them, and if you go back and read them after a few weeks of journaling, you'll start to see some patterns. You'll start to see things that stick out, and you'll start to see some of the stuff that you're not letting go of. You know, when I first started this practice, I would write, and I'd write, and I'd write, and then I'd go back maybe a couple months later and read it, and I'm like, oh my God, I've been complaining about the same thing over and over again. Why haven't I done anything about this? Sometimes it'd be years. I'd read a journal five years from that point and I'd look back and go, oh my God, I'm still dealing with that. That's what journaling does. It helps you get it out and it helps you remember so that you can make some changes. Otherwise, you kind of forget how long you've been in that cycle. So make space for quiet and then journal. Tip number three, learn how to listen to your body. This takes practice. Uh, Some of you are really in tune and connected to your body. Maybe you practice yoga or Tai Chi or you go on walks or you take baths or, you know, there's, there's certain ways that we can practice staying connected to our body. A lot of us, though, we've lost that connection. We are so in our heads and we're so on overdrive that we have forgotten what it even feels like in our body. So one practice you can do is when you're getting quiet, When you're starting to journal, just sit there, close your eyes, take a few breaths, 
Let yourself relax and then just do a body scan from head to toe. Start at the crown of your head and work your way down and simply notice how you feel. Observe it with kindness. Don't start judging and critiquing your body, but, but allow yourself to just with complete kindness, observe how you feel. Gosh, I can, I feel a little tension in my shoulders today, or I feel kind of a pit in my stomach, or my hips or low back are really tight. Maybe my joints are kind of stiff. Maybe I feel a, a twinge of a headache coming on, or maybe I feel really amazing, or maybe I have no feeling at all. Whatever you feel, start to get in tune with your body because our thoughts have a deep connection to how we feel in our bodies, and they can be awesome teachers. They're signalers. So if you tend to get headaches quite often, start to notice how often do you spend a lot of time in your head rethinking things, worrying a lot, caught up in the swirl of your mind? Could that be related to your headaches? Do you try to carry on the world and hold everything up? Are you holding that in your shoulders? Have you said yes to something that you don't want to do? Do you feel kind of a pit in your stomach about it? Those are the things that learning how to listen to your body can help with. Tip number four, let go with the 90% rule. Now, I've heard this 90% rule often, but I'm going to share how Greg McCohen in his book that I mentioned, Essentialism, how he explains it. So let's say that you have to make a decision about something. On a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate that thing? So let's see as an example. um, For Let's just say you're going on a vacation and you want to take your family to some of your your favorite spot. And from a scale of 1 to 10, you're going to rate it. Maybe, you know, going to Sioux City, Iowa. I'm only saying that. Sorry if you get, if you live in Sioux City. I grew up there, so um, but I wouldn't really want to go back and visit as a family vacation. <laughs> so so I'd probably rank that lower on my scale, right? Um, I love Colorado and I love the mountains, and I've really been wanting to take my kids to the mountains. So I would rank that high on my list. Um, let's say St. Louis. I've been there. It, it would be fun. The kids want to go, but that's kind of the middle of my list right now. Anything that's lower than really a 9, if, if it's a 9 and a 10, you know on that scale, that's something you should say yes to. That's something you should try to make happen. That's something you should do. Anything else that's an 8 or lower, 7s or 8s are the hardest because those are the things that, well, they sound good and you can justify doing them and you kind of want to do them, but are they essential? Are they going to bring you more freedom in your life? Is that really where you need to put your energy? Or are they going to take away your energy? Are they going to take up space? If the answer is yes, then you're not going to do them right now. You only want to do things that are at 90%. So I think that's kind of helpful because so often you're told, let it go, let it go. But how do you know? How do you discern between what you should do and what you shouldn't? And Using this 90% rule is very helpful in all aspects of your life because there are a ton of things that are seven and eights. And those seven and eights are taking up a lot of space and a lot of energy. And that's what's making you feel so overwhelmed and a little bit trapped because you're just 
too overcommitted. So really start to look at your life. What are the things that you're doing right now? What's taking up your space? What are you saying yes to? What are the things that are below an eight that you're like, you know, especially look at first of all, you can tell when there's a one, two, or three because you said yes to something, you didn't even think about it, and now you're dreading it. You're like, oh my God, why did I say yes to that? Well, those you need to eliminate immediately. So those you let go of. The seven or eights are going to take a little more reflection. And that's where the space comes in handy. That's when the quiet comes in handy. That's when the journaling comes in handy. That's when listening to your body comes in handy. Because if you do all of those, then by the time you're ready to let go of things, you know. You know in your heart and soul what it is you need to say yes to and what it is you need to say no to. And here's the thing. There are things that you're going to have to say no to that you're going to want to do. But you just know if you're living with this more minimalist approach, this more mindful and intentional and conscious living approach, then you know that if it's not essential, let it go. Let it go and trust. This is the big piece here. I think we hold on and say yes to things and do too much because we lack trust. If you can trust that the right opportunities, those nine and 10 opportunities will find you and you will, you know, make them happen, then they will. And it that's, then you're able to let go a little more because you trust that this is a yes, this is a maybe, but I'm going to have to let it go. And I know that another yes will, will come to my life. And that's huge. And then the next piece, the fifth tip is take mindful action. So as I was saying before, it's like, yes, things come to you, but you also have to be the one to take mindful action. And this is about choices. When I told you earlier about what my freelies were saying about what living freely means to them... They know that they need to minimize their responsibilities by making more mindful choices. But this is about taking action so that you can be the creator of your own life. You're not just sitting there waiting for the universe to provide for you. You're not just sitting there letting other people direct where your life goes. This is about you stepping more fully into your power, you stepping more fully into your wisdom, your strength, your all-knowing that this is where you need to go so that you can live the life you're meant to live and this is where you don't need to go. And that, to me, is what living freely is all about. Living a life that is in line with your values, with your heart and soul, not at the expectations of others. Okay, so I hope that you found this to be helpful. I hope that you start applying some of these essential tips. I know so many of you already are, but I think it helps again to just look at your life a little differently with a little different lens and see, gosh, am I carving out time for quiet? Do I make space for daily journaling? Do I know what that means to listen to my body? Do I make decisions based on what I know is a nine or 10? Or do I just say yes to everything? How can I learn to better discern and make more mindful choices so that I can move forward in my life with more space, with more time for reflection, and ultimately with more connection, less distraction? 
Oh, thank you so much for being here. I hope that you feel a little more free in your life today. Take a deep breath. Walk a little taller and know that this is the time to trust yourself, to trust the enfoldment of your life and its timing. And I'm still offering free 15-minute discovery coaching calls. So if you're curious about working with a coach one-on-one, if you the words that I say today are resonating with you and you're ready to move beyond what's keeping you stuck, then set up your free call today. You can go to afreespiritlife.com and click on Holistic Life Coaching. And there's a button there to set up your free 15-minute coaching call. It's a discovery call, so it gives us a chance to learn more about each other and gives you a chance to learn more about what life coaching is all about and how it can help you in your life. Also, I have coaching clients from around the world. So if you live in a part of the world and the time difference doesn't work for you, just send me an email and we will set up a time that works for both of us. If you live in the Kansas City area, I have two locations where I can see you in person and we can set that up too. So let me know. Have a fabulous day, my friends, and I will see you next week.